0: out with a driver now. Now, I'm not sure this is right. Although he's had a four and two threes on this hole, he's going to be at least three shots ahead. Welcome to Bros and Birdies, a golf podcast that aims to bring the golf news, chatter and guests from every walk of the golfing world. And we aim to pick the winners of the golf tournaments on the PGA, DP World, and Live Tours. On the show this week, we will have a review of last week's fantastic Genesis at Riviera. We'll be looking in depth at the 10th hole and other drivable par fours on the circuit. We've got Tampon Gate. We will talk about the PGA money so far. We'll look back at last week's win for Tourborn Ollison at the Thailand Classic. And we have a new song dedicated to Hao Tong Li. We'll debate the new teams at Live, the new players, the drop players. And obviously, we'll preview this week's tournaments, the Honda Classic on the PGA Tour, the Indian Open on the DP World Tour, and obviously the Maya Koba on the Live Tour. But first of all, we better get Big Bro in.
1: How are you doing? Welcome to another week in the world that is, Bros and Birdies.
0: Oh, mate. Excited. A lot has gone on. A lot is happening. I don't know. We can't keep up. I mean, I'm trying to watch a bit of Netflix, Full Swing. I know you've watched quite a lot of it. I've only watched one episode so far. I've been too busy. And um, yeah, we can have a little chat about that if you want later on Full Swing. But as I said in the intro, we have got so much to get through. And where else to start? Then heading over to Riviera for the genesis that happened last week, which saw John Rahm return to the number one spot, number one player in the world. He has been for a while now. What a 2023 season this Spanish man is having. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the, the
1: passion of John Rahm that shines through in every tournament. You know, even if he's playing bad, there's passion. But he was bang up for that uh, last week, wasn't he? You know, getting back to that number one in the world spot, obviously, must have been a key goal of his. Not to mention the 3.6 million, by the way, for winning the tournament. But, you know, it it was a fantastic golf tournament, wasn't it? Had absolutely everything and a a brilliant finish, a brilliant back nine. Uh, Could have gone either way, really, couldn't it?
0: Well, it started off a bit ropey for, for Rahm. He wasn't playing his great golf um, early on in round four. Max Homer was pretty steady, as you go, um, and very emotional afterwards by not securing a victory for Max Homer. And he wears his heart on his sleeve as Max, and he's, he's a very likable character, a likable golfer. John Rahm seems to, I you know, children and his life's in a lot better place. He's really enjoying his golf. We have it's always a bit easier when you're winning golf tournaments and performing so well to be less frustrated and uh, you know to have less tantrums on the golf course. Um which is the opposite of Tyrrell Hatton last week when he was heard <laughs> on the mic, say, what a you know, shithole, the 10th hole, shit course. <laughs> it's like, I hope he was mic'd up for the second season of full swing. Because, <laughs> you know, like we said with Max, another player, Tyrell Hatton, wears his heart on his sleeve. But overall, the tournaments you know, you saw a great leaderboard, Rahm, Homer, Cantlay, coming back to a bit of form will zalatoris obviously after his his injury then there was keith mitchell you know, the the coolest man to wear a visor um it has to be said sahith colin morikawa you look down jason day continuing that return to form gary woodland's jesus a glimpse of what he was capable of a few years ago scottish Chef shane lowry Really didn't enjoy his golf on the Saturday. Took him out of contention, pretty much. Um, It was a great leaderboard and a great tournament. And we can talk about, you know, the way Rahm was hitting that ball. He was giving himself so many chances. And imperious on the greens. Oh, unbelievable on that back nine. Some, you know, some of those putts he made. Again, I
1: think there was one on the par three. He was just off the edge. You know, had he missed that, he's probably going five, six feet past at a guess. Um, you know, even Max Homer on the last and stuff, you know, his chip for Birdie, he was off to the side in, in the left rough, you know, that could have easily gone 15 feet past. I was willing it to because I had Patrick Cantlay without um John Rahm. And you know, I wanted him to it. obviously beat Max Homer, but there you go. That, that I did that as a final round bet. But like we said on the podcast last week it's a tournament where you would expect cream to rise to the top and that's exactly what we got you've called out a lot of those names you know these these are golfers that are playing at the top of their game at the moment in you know certainly on the pga tour um but even again like you've called out a few names like jason day gary woodland coming back to some kind of form that they've showed in recent years um but yeah absolutely brilliant john Rahm was Phenomenal, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so was Max Homer. But where do you think, let me ask you a question, right? Where do you think Max Homer lost that tournament? He, he lost by two shots, but where do you think he
0: lost it? Uh, it's a tough one to recall going going back, but I would have to say, I would say the bogey on 13. for yeah. him. He had a bit of momentum going from nine and 10, obviously the easy 10th hole. But when he didn't, birdie the par five 11th it's see he seemed to get down on himself for, from that hole hmm. and then you know because he had a nice enough drive he was all right got himself out of position for the second and then struggled and then went to the par four 12th and really was just he came up short of the green struggled there should have been the drive set him up a nice approach on the left hand side of the fairway just in the first cut But yeah, I'd say probably not birding the 11th um, got him into the wrong headspace and he never made a birdie for the remainder of the tournament.
1: That 13th hole that you've just called out is where I was thinking he probably lost it. And to be honest with you, you know, lesser golfers probably would have made double, maybe even triple from where they were. He had a little bit of luck, obviously. I mean, he smacked his drive straight into the tree, into the centre you know he couldn't have gone that far and then his second shot he was lucky not to go out of bounds on the left um you know but that that shot he played in um, into the green to leave himself you know with, with a a tough par putt and make the bogey was you know the, a mark of the man really you know he is becoming big time isn't he max homer and of course he oh, loves, sure. he, he loves riviera um, but yeah, uh, definitely 13 for me, as I say, could have totally derailed him. Um, great performance from Patrick Cantlay as well. You know, solid, solid performance over the four days and closing round, 67. Um, it's definitely, you know, he was on my short list last week of picks from the outset, Cantlay, and I kind of
0: just steered away from him last minute. But yeah, cream, cream to the top and I oh, absolutely 13. love it. The 13th hole, unlucky for some, you know, only ranked nine of the tough ones, but not only did Homer, you know, I think he only hit it 180 yards off the tee mm. when you said he clattered into the tree and at about 100 odd yards again to the left. But Rahm was also, you know, bad drive way out to the left on on 13. And that was the difference. Rahm got himself out of trouble, 170 odd yards into the middle of the green. Now there was a lot of debates and obviously the bit drops and what have you and Saying Ram got lucky because he hit the grants. Anyway, listen, the obstacles are there. You know, I remember uh, at the open, and if it was Spieth, and how far you can sort of go back because of TIOs, you know, temporary movable objects and what have you. And when Ram smacked his ball into the compound, you know, that's not a usual OB spot over there. And usually you could have a shot through to the green anyway, from what locals have been saying. And so it's not as fault that they've put up these fences and what have you and he got a favourable job and um, drop and this side of the the TIO he didn't have to go and find his ball and locate his ball everyone knew it went in there so it's a it's a fine line people saying he got very very lucky but you make your own luck in this game um, sometimes and in getting ba- bounces off grandstands that are put up you know well that's the nature of the beast if you don't want that to happen then unfortunately Uh, The ability to view these amazing greens and these approach shots is going to be diminished by the fact that you've got to take these away and let that ball run through, you know, 30 yards over the back of the green. So it's a tough one. um, And it just happens in golf. It doesn't matter where it is, whether it's um, in major competitions or in normal club competitions. No, you hit something, you get a bit lucky. That's it. That's golf. Yeah, of course it is. Absolutely, it is. But
1: yeah, doesn't take anything away from what was a brilliant golf tournament. Obviously, elevated event. You know, twenty million dollars as a as a purse prize. You know, it just the money is absolutely staggering. And I know we will have a piece on the money as we did with live last year and we're going to have a piece with the PGA tour in terms of the season so far so we'll we'll come back to that but what about other talking points then in terms of the genesis bro obviously another big story tiger woods uh, and his comeback what did you think of tiger woods his comeback let's just talk about the golf course first
0: before we get on to anything else um his comeback well you looked he had two quite poor rounds sandwiched you know either side of decent round. 69 74 67 73. I thought his it made me laugh right the commentary on day one and we talked a bit about this last week. Um sky sports are cutting costs, no longer sending commentators out to these tournaments in the States. Yes they'll have the you know the, the major tournaments and the bigger tournaments and what have you but for these tournaments they have two people in the studio at of late, it's been Andrew Coltart and Dame Laura Davis. Right. So Tiger Woods, first hole, short of the green, chips it up. Lovely chip. Straightforward chip, really. You know, 20 yards. Really not a difficult green. Stiffs it, gets his birdie. Commentator, oh, that's, oh, he's still got the touch. Oh, that is fantastic. What a touch. And then, it's a bad shot a few holes later. Same commentator, well, he has been away from the course 317 days and stuff like that. It's like, <laughs> come on. You know, you can't, you can't do that. You can't fluctuate between golf is bad shots, good shots. That's it. it. Doesn't matter if you're Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, Gary Player, it doesn't really matter, right? That's what happens. But the inability to call negativity out on a man like Tiger Woods, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, I get it right but it's becoming a little bit sycophantic and and for me I don't really want to listen to that you know it's someone out there has to come up with an idea that you had as well is commentary proper commentary getting the feed and really giving it to the the people listening giving what they want we don't want people that guess where the ball's going you know I can sit at home and going oh he looks like he's leaning the bits to the right that may suggest that he's he's pulled it left well yeah that's you know that's not guess and it was that's what that was about but Tiger Woods let's get back to it I'm on a soapbox here but Tiger is goal I saw glimpses you know this is a course that he could play some lovely shots and don't get me wrong this is a course that he had all the shots for this course come on it's Riviera he was going to play all right around here he made the cut I expected him to make the cut really did you, really? did you yeah, really? Yeah, I did. I did because of this golf course, bro. I thought it was a golf course that he would have, you know, a chance whether it's in the rough or semi-rough, but have a lot of mid irons. And we know what Tiger is like with his mid irons, and he was awful off the tee. Him, Rory, JT were awful off the tee. I think between the three of them in the first two rounds, they averaged about thirty percent of furways found in the Oh yeah, two rounds. A poor driving performance, without a shadow of a doubt. But he's—it's a
1: course he's never won at, and it, you know, in in his own words as well. You know, he, he's never—he's never, he's never really—you know—he'd like to win there, but he hasn't to date. And yes, he may well have featured highly on leaderboards, but let's not forget—you know—it's it, a guy, of, you know, in his forties, all the trials and tribulations, the injury, etc., after the bad crash, which obviously was at this event. Um, but he's come back and I, I think a one under tied forty-fifth was a solid performance. I'm that not great. sure. I I I didn't expect him to make the cut. I thought at one stage when he was really toiling at the end of the second round, I actually thought he was he was trying to miss the cut. He was dropping shots left, right, <laughs> and centre. I thought does you that. Know, Well, do you know what? If I had that kind of injury and I set out at the start of the week and I said, look, I am here to win. He knew he he wasn't going to win. You can't turn up and beat John Rahm, who's playing at the top of his game after months and months of layoffs and being the bionic man. You can't. Right. So whilst he's there to win, yes, of course, he has to say that, but he maybe should have been the tournament host might have made sense. I've had two good rounds. I've got back a little bit of limelight and stuff, but give my ankle a rest. I want to preserve it for Augusta. That's obviously his next aim. That's where he wants to be. But I I didn't expect him to make the cut, and I, I think maybe it might have surprised him as well. But that third round, again, was spectacular. That's 67. However, he missed so many easy puts in round two I, I think I said to you and I messaged you he could have quite easily been after round three he could have easily been nine under for that tournament. Yeah, it was the putting. I know you said his driving was bad and it was but he was also in round two his putting was was off and he missed
0: so many simple puts. But what do they what do they say when you know you're a bit rusty and obviously he's been out on the golf course a lot it's not like he's, it's us and he's had six months off the game because of the winter or five months off the game because of winter and it's the first time out. No, obviously he's practiced loads, blah, blah, blah. But what they say, when you're rusty, you're around the green game, is not as sharp as it usually is. And that was, you know, the stats showed you. Shots gained around the green, he was minus um, 0.7, 45th in the ranking overall. But in all the stats, he was top 50, right? Top 50 apart from sand saves and scrambling. Right, I mean, so that's he's around
1: impressive though, isn't it?
0: It is, and it's around the green game, you know, wasn't up to his standard, but he still managed to finish 45th on the ranking. His shots gained approaching the green, which is what I was saying before, you know, he, his his mid-irons were fantastic and he put it into the right places and what have you. I see a lot in Tiger Woods' performance last week at Riviera to suggest that he could easily right? Easily finished top 20 at Augusta. I'm not saying he can win it. I think the likes of, you know, Cam Smith coming back. We'll see him at MyCoba this week. DJ, obviously, likewise. And you've got lads that, you know, Zala Torres is looking like he's coming back to a bit of form. There's John Rahm, there's Roy, there's Scottish Sheffler, there's JT, there's Spieth. I think he can be top 20, but I don't think he can win. I think top 20 at the Masters this year for Tiger Woods is a hell of a, an achievement.
1: Yeah yeah I agree and uh, you know well we need to get in there first don't we we need to get tiger woods to augusta with the rest of the cream all the live players everything It's just going to be one hell of an easter augusta for sure um listen we've got so much to talk about on yes. this podcast but before right we move off tiger just one other point or two other points really one he's moved from just under 1300th in the world rankings to now 985th so a 309 place rise for a tied 45th at the genesis is it just shows you where these world rankings are at the moment and and any little move can can have you propelled right up but before we get off tiger of course we cannot move away without you know we've had teagate recently we've had tree gate and now we've got tampax gate well that was a big story wasn't it and i know you took a little bit of battering on socials for expressing your opinion as everybody was at the end of the day um but just in summary bro what do you think of tampax gate well i'm
2: all
0: up for banter you know you and i cousins friends at the pub we like a bit of banter but it has it has to have a level that it has to stop at you know at the and when i when i say that you know if you're on your own in the back garden or you're playing a two ball at your local course and stuff like that then have the banter you can there's no no harm with it you know a lot of women have seen what happened and uh, when he handed jt um, premeditated, um, handed him a, a tampon after out driving him. Right. So what does that tell you? So in a day and age where we are blasting in certain countries, rightly so like Saudi Arabia for the mistreatment of women and human rights and what have you. And then we're looking at, you know, women's football, soccer, if you want to call it for the American listeners, the football, we're trying to get that on a level playing field. Um, the tennis, you know, everyone's getting equal money. People are crying out equal rights. You know, we are the, we're the same. And it's, a, you know, women would love to not have that problem every month. You know what I mean? It's it, it's it's sometimes embarrassing. Moments of um, certain moments when it happens, it, it's horrible for them. And there's a lot of pain that goes through. And it's a lot of stress, especially for young girls and what have you. So if we're looking at young girls coming into the sports and their issues every month, are being highlighted as a joke from one of the most influential sports people in the world, in front of billions of people watching on cameras. I think it was misjudged, mistimed, and he apologized rightly so. But I thought his apology was misplaced. Um, hey, I could get slagged off again like I did, but if I, I, I wouldn't be right. I wouldn't. It wouldn't sit right with myself if I didn't turn around and say. I found that a little bit disturbing. He's a dad of a daughter, you know, and and like you are. I've got two sons, but you've got daughters. And I don't think it's something – there are other ways to have a joke. There are other ways to have a banter without bringing such a, an implement or
1: – Yeah,
0: yeah. Mis- you, know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say. I, I know it's exactly misjudged. what you're saying.
1: Misjudged in the sense that, obviously, now in in this day and age, we have – you know, everybody on the golf course has a camera phone, everybody's taking video footage. That did he not stop and think for one minute that somebody might pick that up? You know, it was try it was tried to be done discreetly with, you know, a, a slip into the hand of JT and stuff. And and yeah, I, I agree, you know, that there is banter, there is absolutely needed. There is banter between men on the course. And there is between women as well. And and Iona Steven, uh, Sky Sports uh, golf presenter, she came out, she tweeted, you know, obviously, you know, against what had happened and stuff and making the points. And I, I think, you know, yes, th- there are always two sides to it. I think it's certainly misjudged, um, you know, and, and we have to move on and stuff. And, and I don't think Tiger's going to lose any sleep over it, but... To your point there, and I think that's the significant one of it all, is that, you know, ladies' golf, women's golf is trying to be pushed and propelled across the world and to make a joke aimed at. Obviously, you know, it it was all about outdriving him and stuff. Um, You know, that is... But he's got
0: such a bad bad track record with with women, you know. No, for sure, for sure. So I think it's for him especially, you know, changing, you know, all that happened, medication and what his issues and the, the alleged problem with hookers or a fascination with hookers, he's got a teenage daughter now. And I think for a man of his age, a man in his position of power and responsibility, I think it was just terrible. And yes, it is banter, but I'm sorry, your position, your responsibility, and you in, people put you up on a pedestal regardless of what's happened. I think you just, I think he was just absolutely stupid. And I was, I was actually disappointed in the lack of um criticism from a huge female golf population, you know, especially the influential ones, you know, your Paige Spiranek. Well, why would she? You know, it's all about followers and clicks and Instagram and stuff like that. She comes out and slags off the greatest golfer of all time for for what happened. She might feel that it was bad inside, you know, deep down. But she looked at clicks and Instagram. that's, That's my own thought process. Dame Laura Davis, I didn't hear her come out. I might have been mistaken. I didn't hear her come out with anything against it. On live television, I think Pete, Some people just steer away from it, though, for fear. Yeah, but why, of that kind bro?
1: Of, yeah, I I know. But you know, it's kind of not not necessarily for fear. Maybe they don't feel that they need to insert themselves into that debate, that conversation. There
0: was many people like, doing that's it. Like it's like not standing up to a bully. I know this. I'm not saying Tiger's a bully, but if you don't stand up for what you believe in, then it's, it's it just leads to so many complications. Absolutely, you know, I would, it does. I anyway, would never we teach, have got- I, I would never bring my kids up to set to not speak out if they thought there was something wrong going on. I wouldn't expect my children to film like you see online all the time, someone's getting beaten up and there's an issue and someone's filming it. I don't want my children to be that sort of person for clicks and likes. I agree. I agree. But, you know. Yeah. Listen, point taken from Hey, talking talking of um, talking of that, let's move in. From Tampon Gate to a very special hole, the um, the tenth hole right. at Riviera. Um,
2: there love was again,
0: hole. love it, that hole. It's you know what? Okay, I like it as well. But here's the problem: I do not think it is a great hole. I like it because I see golfers get into all sorts of pain, and and we are pretty sadistic sometimes as golf viewers but for me it's not drivable so it's not it shouldn't be classed as a drivable path four all right it is drivable in length but it's nigh on impossible to find that green
1: it's nigh on impossible to find it because of the the slopy nature of the front of that green i absolutely agree with you it's changed over the years because it used to be a drivable um, chance at a par four now bearing in mind for the listeners you know this is the the par four 10th hole at Riviera is 315 yards in length which if you think about you know people driving it I don't know 350 or whatever which is possible then obviously you would think naturally yes this is a drivable par four and as the crow flies absolutely it is but this hole is guarded by bunkers right left and back And a green that slopes off at the front, down into a gully, behind one of the bunkers, which makes the second shot very difficult to find. What was disturbing to me with a lot of these golfers, they were trying to hammer the shit out of the ball. And it was going left into the trees and into the thick rough. And you've got an evil more impossible second shot to play let alone just from like the gully area to the left of, of the, the green. I mean, John Rahm found that out on the final round when he made bogey. Lucky to make bogey, I think. But it's it's one of these holes that has changed over the years and, and actually was a hole that if you look at the stats um, over the four rounds, in round one, this hole played minus 0.12 strokes to par. Um, slightly... Um, So, so, yeah, so slightly under par, round one. Slightly over par, 0.09, round two. Again, slightly under par, 0.04, round three. And exactly two par, round four, right? So a very difficult par four. And a lot of people were making a hash of it. There were only 106 birdies in the whole of the tournament. 217 pars, 62 bogeys seven double bogeys or worse, and two eagles, only two eagles, and they were chip-ins. So, again, you know, not putts or anything like that, chip-ins. That's 3% in round three. Both of them were in round three, 3% of the scoring. So the numbers are interesting when you look at it, but to only have 106 birdies, which, you know, is nothing really over four rounds you are know, talking just a, a shade under 400 um holes being played <laughs> that's a very low percentage for what is a drivable so that's why i like it because well, it is a strategic hole it's it's it is one of those holes that you can lay up in the mouth of the green and give yourself an easier approach but even then it's still a difficult birdie
0: well it, great the great architect George C Thomas wrote in his Anatomy of a Golf Course but the great courses entice the golfer to outwit themselves himself in designing the 10th hole at Riviera Country Club Thomas took that approach and applied it right to this drivable brute but if you look at other holes around let's let's look at the Celtic Manor 15th par 4 right that is a proper risk and rewards hole because well, depending on the weather at the Celtic Manor Resort, it's a dog leg right. You either lay up and give yourself 100 yards in, 120 yards in to the green over a dike, or you drive over the trees, over the dike, and it's a big landing area, green. You hit a lovely drive, you get a chance of an eagle. For me, that is a proper risk and reward hole. Other holes, like third hole at Augusta, would you class that as a risk and reward hole? That's
1: the drivable par four.
0: Yeah, 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 August there. So you've got that one. I think that would class as a, as a drivable par four risk and reward, just like Celtic Manor. If you go to St. Andrews, 12th hole, short par four, 314 yards, but hidden pot bunkers in the fairway. Well, it's risk and reward because you find one of those pothole pot bunkers, you're buggered. It's a splash out and you've got to try and get up and down for a par. I like those holes. The thing for me, and you know, Oakmont Country Club, there you go, another one, 17th hole, 316 yard, postage stamp size green. It's the size of the green, the tenth hole at Riviera, and the bunkers either the side, and the, if I if you think for what if there was a little bit of fringe added to the green, I think there might be a possibility that you've landed it on a sixpence and you've just held on to the edge but the moment you go in in especially if you go in the right hand side um green uh, green side bunker it's almost impossible to try and hold without running off and we saw that um last yeah. year and as for me I love them i think they're fantastic they have a place in every tournament in my honest opinion but for me i just think this needs a little bit of a rejigging and i might be um i might be slagged off for that
1: well, you might be, but everybody's entitled to their personal opinion. So that was the tenth hole stats. Um, good thing to talk about in terms of the the rest of the tournament. The twelfth through the fifteenth, so tough. A, such yeah. a <laughs> tough stretch of holes. Not one of those holes played under par during the whole tournament. Wow, that's, that's how tough they were.
0: That is a stat.
1: Yeah, I mean, I haven't got the numbers, and I, I could, but you know, the, that that stretch of four holes, very tough and you know, certainly were defining in terms of the outcome of this tournament. The par four, the par fives, you know, the 11th and 17th, relatively easy to score on, really, um, as was the first all week. I think the first might have even been the easiest hole of the week, but again, you know. That that tough stretch really does set this back nine up to be juicy every single year it's played. So yeah, brilliant at uh, Genesis, brilliant tournament, uh, great win for John Rahm back to number one.
0: Yeah, three point six million dollars to John Rahm, and I know that you wanted to talk about the dollar and it's, and what yeah. has been happening so far this year on the PGA. So this
1: is not about currency exchange or floating or trading or anything <laughs> like that. This is about... So if, you know, listeners remember, we did um, a significant piece on money for Live, the Live Tour last year. And, it, you know, we were talking astronomical numbers, you know, mind-blowing numbers. And we have got some of that, obviously, with the PGA Tour this year already, given that they have injected so much money into, you know, the purses of these tournaments. And we've just seen back-to-back elevated status with $20 million per tournament. And I just wanted to give a few numbers out because you know Liv starts again this week and I know we're going to talk about it. But the money injection, I think, I think, and I know we'll have this debate on Liv, has been a significant factor for maybe why Liv have not been able to attract those top 20 players that they were chasing. But let's just park that for a minute and let's get back to the PGA Tour. John Rahm. John Rahm, back to world number one, has now won just a shade under nine point nine million dollars in this current season. All right, he's had three victories, obviously, which helps, but that is that nine point nine million. Right, if you think about, we're only we're less than a third of the way through the PGA Tour season. That is seventy percent of what Scotty Scheffler earned full season last year. Forget Larry. forget your FedEx cut money, because that's off to the side. I'm just talking about regular season earnings. John Rahm has already earned 70% of what Scotty Scheffler. Now that just shows you alone, just that number, how much you know the money injection is really changing things. Max Homer, he's won just a shade on the six point three million dollars already. Okay, and that's again, if you compare what Cameron Smith won last year, which was just a shade over 10 million, that's 62 percent of what Cameron Smith won last year for coming second in the money order list. And Cam Smith had three wins last year. Um, You know, these are just big, big numbers. Now, if you if you also look at the tournaments that John Rahm has played in this year so far, The total purse pool of all the tournaments he's played in is $82.2 million. So he has won 12% of that purse that he's played in in all those tournaments. That is just mind-boggling. If you look at the whole of last season, Scotty Scheffler won 5.68% of a total purse pool of $247 million across all the tournaments that he played just a shade on the 6%, right? And Rama's already won 12% of the purses of which the tournaments he's played in. Mind-boggling. Max Homer, 7% of the prize money for the tournaments that he's paid in, which is just a shade over 90 million. These are just crazy, crazy numbers. But what is also interesting to me is if you look at this season so far against last season and the number of players that are already appearing in the top 30 of the money earners in this season you know we are talking about 15 players already that are inside the top 30 that were in the top 30 last year that is consistency personified and just you know we're going to see that obviously more money being thrown into these tournaments on average now on a pga tour event you're seeing what 1.6 million to the winner um, and the elevated status is 3.6 million. We saw, 2.6. well, it almost
0: feels like the Honda Classic, you know, gone from elevation to the basement. You know, that's what these elevated events are doing. And I feel sorry for the Honda Classic, but we'll get onto that in a bit. But that is staggering, staggering money.
1: Unbelievable and, money, isn't it? Absolutely crazy.
0: And, and Tiger Woods has already won the pick with Tampon Gate. So happy days to him. There's extra money going. Hopefully, he donates it to um, women's causes. That would be the sensible thing to do. But 3.6 million to each tournament. Now, do they have lived to think, thank for that? Um, you know, I don't know. It's That's a debate. You know, they've stirred the pot and um, out comes more money. But Of course they have. They
1: had to do something to try and keep. Their talents keep their product and that is exactly what they've done um you know we don't know where the money came from but <laughs> it mysteriously you know came about and
0: yeah oh, they're thank- mega rich great uh, the, Jay Monahan sits on a gold-plated bed of dollar bills you know there's there's plenty of money out there and Jay just released some of it
1: no, exactly. One final number, just quickly off the the PGA tour earnings again. If you look at the top thirty players last year, forget again, FedEx Cup, a hundred and seventy-seven and a half million dollars racked up on those top thirty players. The top thirty already this season have amassed just under eighty one million. That is forty six percent of last year's top thirty money amassed. And again, I remind you, we're not even a third of the way through the season. So just a few Mental.
0: interesting numbers there for people.
2: How is this?
0: This is just building. I, I love sort of early spring as we're coming towards early spring. You know, you've got the, the players sort of we've got, and then we've got to go into the masters. This is building. And I think the elevated events have elevated the excitement and it's, this is so exciting. And especially with Liv starting um, this week in my October as well. I, I'm not, you know, I've never hidden the fact that I quite like it. And then we're going to talk about new additions that have come this week, which we've got excited about. And we've been chatting to one of the new additions um, on socials. So, right. Is that enough for the PGA? Absolutely. I think we've done right. it to death. Well, let's... We don't want to spend too long in this tournament because it wasn't the greatest. But, you know, we've got to take our hats off to um, Jawborn Olison, the Danish lad who... Got his victory in Thailand. Only three bogeys on his card for the whole week uh, 24, four round total, defeating Yannick Paul, the German, by four strokes. But one thing I wanted to talk about um, it was interesting you see that leaderboard go down Ollison, Paul, and um, Yus Leighton, um, Nikai Hoggard, Cabrera Bayo, um, Rosner. Decent leaderboards, a um, lot of birdies and off, but one hole, we were talking about the 10th hole at Riviera being a drivable one. But a fascinating hole was the 17th uh, yeah. in Thailand, the complete island green. Um, you had to get a boat over to go and sort your putt out. But I don't know if you saw it on Sunday. It made me laugh. The, um, the group, the penultimate group um, teed off and there had to be a ruling but the referee didn't go onto the boat with him over. It was the only ruling of the whole <laughs> week. And it was the penultimate group, which kept olison waiting on that green. So he just had to get a rolling and move the ball, but to see the boat speeding back to pick up the referee to speed back and then took the referee back again. It was unbelievable, but it was a fantastic hole really short. I think it was only about 120 yards depending on T placement, but, um, in a fascinating one. You know, you think the TPC Sawgrass, that's a lot different. Obviously, it's longer. Um, the winds affect it greater. There was no wind in Thailand, really, to, you know, and that's hence the scoring was so strong. Twenty would, would
1: have made it really interesting if there was a little bit of wind over there for that seventeenth, because you know, by all accounts and the reports, it, it could have become a very treacherous hole even if it was short at you know 120 130 yards or whatever it was so but yeah uh, interesting uh, i didn't really watch much, much of the thailand classic and and it's quite striking really is you know you mentioned a few of those names and a lot of those names that were inside the top 20 in the leaderboard last week are not playing in india um, this week you know it, it's a poor field by any stretch of the imagination but yeah Toborn Ollison is back to playing some amazing golf. And I know, you know, in a few weeks we'll probably have a a
0: decent chat about Ryder Cup thoughts as well. Oh, get off of it. You're not you're not one of these that thinks a player goes and wins a tournament and all of a sudden he's in the the running for a Ryder Cup spot. Are you?
1: I it, Well, no, I'm not, because it's not just about him winning last week. He's he's had a bit of a resurgence. That's a couple of times he's won now within the last few months. And, you know, he obviously, everything that we've spoken about before, but there's no reason why. And and, and that's why let's park it now in terms of, we, we're not going to have a Ryder Cup debate, but we may do in a few weeks once we know <laughs> oh, a little bit exciting. more about obviously the arbitration case and whether there's going to be any movements, but right now people are, everybody is sitting there thinking no live players are going to be. And Luke Donald,
0: six picks, six picks. Cup. Right. Right. Let's okay. <laughs> Let's park that there. Let's talk about, um, happy bum fat, um, Kiradek deck, barn He's one of my picks started off the week. Really well, finished it shockingly with a 79, seven over the 79, but there was one other player, right? And, He broke our hearts last year when he beat Thomas Peters um, in the playoff. Tong Lee, right? Started off, right, 69. And then his second round was just – it had everything. It had eight pars. It had three bogeys. It had three birdies. It had two double bogeys and an eagle, right? Everything in a round for a round of 73. He went – he went pa, 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 bogey, double bogey, birdie, 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 bogey, pa, eagle, pa, pa, birdie, bogey, pa, double bogey to finish, right? So I wrote a song about him. Have a listen.
2: How Tong Lee, third at Royal Birkdale. Sometimes great,
0: sometimes terrible. But we like him. And this song's for you, How Tong
2: Lee. going on? How tall Keep it moving on Well you look like the happiest Asian Your smile brightens up a dull day But one thing that just gets us thinking Is there any need for slow play? Well, I'm sure that you never intended To back up the rest of your peers In Dubai, you were so poorly treated And the penalty brought us to tears How long what is going on? How long how long keep it moving on Well, your rounds, they are really contrasting An 80 or a great 63 But when you beat Thomas Peters The tears dripped into our tea Well, the Belgian, he could not believe it A lucky bounce, maybe three But doubles and eagles in Thailand And I miss good with 73 How tall What is going on How tall Keep it moving on How tall Has this been Bit moving
0: on. How Tong. Well, there you go. That was my song for How Tong Lee. <laughs> Do you know, I, the song came up by um, Ace or Aces. I can't remember what they're called now. But I just, uh, I thought about it because I was still perplexed at his rounds on the Friday. So I had to write a song. It's a little song. I hope you enjoyed it. Right, let's move on from the Thailand Classic, bro, because like you said, we've got loads to talk about. Let's get into live. Let's have a debate about live. Right, I'm going to go through the teams quickly. Do you mind? Let the listeners know in case they haven't heard and they've been living under a rock. Right, live teams. Aces, DJ Reed, Ulahine, Perez, Cleeks, Kymer, Bland, McDowell, Weisberger, High Flyers, Lefty, Tringal, Piot. Steel Majestic Stenson Poulter Westward Horsefield Crushers Bryson Casey Charles Howes 123 and Annaban Lahiri Ironheads Kevin Narr Scott Vincent C si Wang Kim Danny Lee Smash we have Brooks we have this brother Cockrack, and Wolf Fireballs Sergio Anther Otis Jagara Range Goats Baba, Gooch HV 123 and Thomas Peters New Edition Talk, Neiman, Munoz, Pereira, Puige, Ripper, G'day mate, Smith, Leishman, Jones, Morgan and the Stingers, sounds like what I have after a curry, Louis Eustazen, Birmingham, Fermi oh, Army, Charles Swartsell and Brandon Grace, thoughts? Have you just been recruited by Live to give the, uh, the pre-tournament uh, lead-ons? So they're not coming in
1: taxis; they're coming into Bros and Birdies commentary. No, yeah, it's,
0: baby, it,
1: uh, yeah, absolutely um, excited to see the start of the new Live season this week. Interestingly enough, yeah, I mean, you know, you've reeled off all the names, but there are some interesting developments now. The first to- talking point has to be about. Live not capturing those outstanding top 20 players that they have clearly been chasing. If you remember, and I think we even mentioned it last week, we've been talking for a long time about the likes of Cantley, Chauflay and others about, are they going? Are they staying? Well, they're clearly staying certainly for this season at least, but they have attracted six new players into live this season. And those six players are Brendan Steele. I, Absolutely gobsmacked by that one, you know. Brendan Steele, officially golf world ranked 124th right now. Obviously, he's going to slip if he's not getting ranking points. But again, a guy—he's won three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the 2023 season. He had a good season last season, two point five million dollars. Season before, one point four million. He is not someone who I would have expected to come into the live fold. He's clearly a mate of Mickelson's because that high flyers team is just lacking something for me. So that's Brendan Steele. First one, second new edition, Danny Lee into the iron heads. Where the hell has that come from? I mean, seriously, <laughs> he's 267th in the world rankings. Danny Lee has won $317,000 this season 1.26 million last season. Season before, $348,000. One career win for this 32-year-old. Danny Lee. I don't understand that one. Thomas Peters, good capture. Absolutely good capture. Um, you know, again, I think, what is he? Ranked 34th in the world, something like that. And he's definitely a name that, you know, that, that's probably the biggest one, isn't it, in terms of a world ranking well, status? Well,
0: let's just, just, be, just to stop you mid-flow, Thomas yeah. Peters... Right. Yeah. He's. Do you think he's? Do you think he? He got pissed off with not being invited to Genesis and thought that's it. I'm off. Or was there more to it than that? I think there has to be a lot more to it than that. I think
1: it was probably the reason why he didn't play Genesis. Maybe he did get an invitation. Maybe he didn't. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. But you would have to think that is not a gap fill reaction for Liv just because he didn't get into the Genesis. Absolutely not, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) That is a deal that must have been in the making for some time. What's more strange about that, though, is he joins up with three Americans in Gooch, Watson and Varna. So maybe it is a gap fill. Maybe, you know, the Range Goats, as they're now called. Absolutely crazy name. But, you know, <laughs> maybe Watson was lacking something. And, and maybe Thomas Peters is a gap fill. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out in time. Yeah. Anyway. He, he was the third one, fourth one, Burmy. You know, yeah, I, I think that's a big surprise. It, it's a surprise in the sense that he obviously went through what he did through the KFT finals to get his PGA Tour card. And he's had a great start on his PGA Tour career. Short-lived, albeit, um, amassing just a shade under six hundred thousand dollars in in only five tournaments, um, and already the PGA Tour have removed him from the records and stuff. But listen, Burmier is a quality player. He's sixty third in the world rankings. He joins up with his South African compatriots, uh, you know, Usto and Grace and Schwartzel, and I and I think that's going to be a team to be reckoned with for the
0: season. Great, hey, Did you remember he was talking to us about the PGA and, you know, he's excited to go over there and try and earn his card and the passion and stuff like that. And it's, it, it came as a massive surprise. And I know we've been in touch and such. We're trying to get him back onto bros and birdies. So hopefully once the furore dies down and he's, he's able to speak a lot more because we don't know what restrictions are on from the live media team. We're hoping to get burmy back on, so watch that space.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But good luck to burmy Obviously, you know, and I know we will speak to him in due course. Uh, the the fifth and sixth, just to quickly close out, are in the talk team. Um, you know, it's. Munoz and Pereira. Pereira, big, big. You know, was he twentieth in the world or, or whatever he was? I think, but you know, that is a big move um, for featured heavily
0: in the first episode of Full Swing. Obviously, when Justin Thomas won his major, and um, Pereira had his struggles on the eighteenth and what have you. So, yeah, it's. Um, I think he's a cracking golfer. I think he was touted. It, it's funny how when you remember tweets and remember conversations and and what have you on telly touting Mito Pereira as a, a absolute certain major winner. Right. But now out there, he's like Satan. Um, that's <laughs> it. You know, talent is all forgotten. He hasn't got any talent. Useless golf. Absolutely awful. God, they're just signing up has beens I'm sorry. Wasn't that long ago. And you were saying Mito Pereira, Everyone, he was on everyone's picks for their tournaments on social media. He was the hottest golfer on the planet at one yeah, point regarding well, future major winner and talent. Obviously threw away
1: the PGA at Southern Hills as he did, but you know, and who's to say he can't win majors going forwards. He can, he is that good a golfer. So yeah, Thomas Peters, Pereira, burmy probably the biggest names that you've seen at the six editions. Um, Interestingly enough, a few moveabouts. obviously we've seen um, Peter Ullheim, Bern Wiesberger moving about, um, Wolf has moved about. Gooch has as well. You know, they're the players that have actually moved about. We've seen a name change. Obviously, the Australians have now gone to Ripper, and we've seen Bobber's team become the Range Goats. So,
0: really, when you yeah, look at... just just back on Ripper, yeah, on. bro, just back on Ripper. So Ripper, mate. I can't believe in social media people got. Oh, I can't believe it. And named it after that. that killer. Well, there's no one called Jack in the team, is there? No, it's no. like, come on, it's a ripper, mate. That's that's what it is. People just, like, look into it too deep because they hate it so much. It's like, it's golf, guys. Yeah, we understand you don't like where the money's come from. That's understandable. But come on, don't try and just pull out these craps. Like, oh, the name is about a, a sexual murderer. It's like, come on.
1: No, exactly. Well, that aside, listen, spare a thought for the likes of Laurie Cantor. Um Kong Wat Mai, um, Kai Kajana, you know, again, I think, you know, we we were talking about this earlier today, you know, it's kind of the the Asia scene, you know, it's almost like the Asia players um, mm. have been left out of Liv's thinking for 2023, you know, a lot of Asian players playing last year, you know, we had so many 60 plus players playing, but you know, those in particular were seen as the bright stars of Asian golf, and it's almost like they've been hung out to dry. But well, the Laurie well, Cantor one is—I—I yeah. I feel so sorry for him. When you look at the likes of Brendan Steele and Danny Lee coming into the setup, even Sebastian Munoz to a degree, I get it because of the, you know, the South American link in, in terms of the, the talk team and stuff. But you've, you know, for someone who earned, what, $2.6 million playing live in all of the events last year, may I add, he's got to be feeling so sick.
0: Well, there's a way back in for them. I was looking at Ogletree, you know, he's thriving on the on the Asian tour. In the 11 international series, really bumped up purses for the likes of Canter and Ogletree and all these guys to get involved. Turk Petit, maybe uh, Wade Ormsby, Travis Smythe, um, Shergo Alcurdia. Um, you know, these players who have played and live at some point, Ollie Becker, another one, there are other tours out there. And obviously from what we hear about the arbitration course, they'll be free um, to come and play on the DP world tour circuit. Whether you think that's right or not, that's the case. Henny Duplessis, for arguments' case, um, it's yeah, it's really interesting. I've got a question for you, bro. On these teams, right? Yeah. What team do you think is the oldest? <laughs> average age.
1: Oh God, I'm I'm gonna say the Stingers.
0: You think the Stingers with Usti, Burmese oh, Schwartzenberg, Majestics, hasn't it? You are right, Majestics. Right. Majestics okay, with yeah. an average age of forty-two, joint oldest wow. with the Cliques at forty-two. The youngest, bro. Who do you think the youngest is? I'm going to say it's talk. You are correct. Right. 25 and a half years of age. The average. And do you know what surprises me? is Brooks' team with Wolf, Brooks, Chase and Cockrack. Only averaging 30. So we just go down. To the Aces average 37 and a half. Cleek's 42. High Flyer's 37 and a half. Majestic's 42. Crush 38. Iron Heads 33 and a half. Smash Thirty point two five fireballs, thirty one seven five range goats with Bubba, thirty four and a half talk. Like you said, twenty five and a half the youngest Ripper with Smith and Leish Mate, thirty three point two five in the Stingers. Like oh, we said, thirty six point two five. So interesting. Ah, uh, yeah, the youngest talk. They are going to be difficult with Pereira, Munoz, Nieman, and Puig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd absolutely think they would be. Yeah. It's,
1: I mean, it's, it's a great setup. I like some of those numbers. The average age. Yeah, that's brilliant. Bloody hell. Well, the, the um,
0: just talking about the money for, for Liv, purses have gone up 20 million for the individual purse and 5 million for the team purse this year. Team championships will have 50 million up for grabs. But wow. do you know what? We'll have a little chat about the event in Coba in a wee while. But. I do believe, bro, it is time to move on to this week's tournaments. Absolutely, it is. God, I've loved talking about that. PJ oh, tour no, it's money great.
1: live. Oh, let's get the juice is flowing.
0: Oh, unbelievable. It's what you live for. <laughs> live for. Anyway, let's get on to it. Get on your bikes, rev your engines, because we're heading to Honda, the Honda Classic in Florida. Um, what can you tell us about the course, bro? Well, I play this course quite a
1: lot, to be honest with you, on WGT Tour. (laughs) Uh, We've had quite a few battles over PGA National, haven't we? But um, yeah, yeah, absolutely love this. It's a par 70, tough course, a George and Tom Fazio design, just a shade over 7,100 yards long. Bunkers galore all over this estate. water. All over the place, you'd think you were on holiday at the beach, but yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Narrow fairways, uh, you know, tough greens. We've got the Bear Trap here. You know, we've talked about a number of courses that have got names through certain stretches and the Bear Trap takes us through holes 15 to 17 which include two par threes, very tough stretch in indeed. And also the wind factor down here in Florida, it's, you know, it, it can be quite difficult and, and it makes the course play even more difficult. So there's a few characteristics about this particular course. Um, stat angle wise, definitely think you're looking for somebody who really relies on accuracy within their game. Certainly the scrambling, um, bogey avoidance and someone who's a ball striker, I think is going to play well this week. So that's what we're looking at from a, as, as far as I'm concerned from stat angles, but I don't know if you've got anything you want to add to
0: that. No, not really. Um, the wind. You mentioned the wind. Early starters on Thursday might have the better of the day. So look at those tee times when you're making your pick. I've made my picks already. I haven't looked at the tee times because they weren't out at the time of picking. But yeah, last year's top performers performed highly in greens and regulation and not necessary accuracy off the tee. High GIR performers in the field are the stats that I am going to be focusing on. Past winners here. Sepp Straka last year, Matt Jones, Sun Jai Im and Keith Mitchell, who performed well recently. But that's enough. Let's get into the picks. Let's not bore people.
1: No, absolutely. Well, I've already sort of uh, shaped how my picks have come together this week. Uh, the first thing I will say is I am afraid of Sun Jai Im. I think, you know, obviously one won in, in the 2020 season and he's certainly playing some decent enough golf at the moment. He's probably a bit short at nine to one, but even still a little bit scared of him. So in some of my picks, I am going to be playing without Sung Jai Im and my first pick, who is Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry was second here last year and also had a tied 14th last week, which I think is a very good performance for someone that I don't think has got a particularly great record at Riviera. But he's certainly looking like he's starting to play some game. And Shane Lowry, we know, loves a tough course. So 14 to 1, Shane Lowry is my first play.
0: Like it. What about yours? My first play is um, it's, it's JT, but obviously not the other JT because he's not playing. It's JT Poston, 35-1, um, fifth in GIR uh, this year. Will give himself plenty of chances. Genesis uh, Genesis and Phoenix didn't suit his game. But before that, sixth at the Amex was strong. Has made four out of five cuts around here. And we'll go close, 35-1 to 1 in the outright market, my first pick. Excellent. Right, OK, I'll go with my second
1: pick. It's Billy Horschel. I think Billy Horschel is a Grade A player. Uh, he was tied 16th last year and he still has a lot to prove on the PGA Tour. Whether he was you know, one of these players that had an offer and turned it down, it wasn't big enough to move to live or not, that aside, um, I still think he's got a game... And, you know, we know he likes it round here anyway. So I think 25 to one outright with Billy or 18 to one without him and Lowry is something to ponder over. But it's Billy Horschel who's my second play.
0: Yeah, he's been a bit quiet of late, Billy, isn't he? I guess mm-hmm. it's about time he came back to the forefront, a place where he loves to be. Um Right. My second bit, um, pick is South African Christian Bazudenhout, 40 to one solid tee to green game we know that and a talented south african finished well here last year with a round of four under with that round under his belt i expect a solid week and 40 to 1 i think is good value oh the bez the bez right okay my third
1: pick is a guy that i thought had they not had the weather delay at uh, Pebble Beach, he probably might have gone on and won that tournament the way he was playing on the Sunday. Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray, indeed, yeah. No. It's, or or the, the quarterback, that Josh Allen or whatever. No, it's Denny McCarthy. This guy's a putting machine. And if he can keep it straight this week at the Honda, he had a tied third in 2021 Uh, which included a poor third round 74. And as I say, he had a tied fourth at Pebble a few weeks ago. But we know when Denny McCarthy's putter gets hot, he contends. And again, he's 25 to 1 outright or 18 to 1 without the Im and Lowry factor. So again, something to ponder over. But he's my third play, Denny McCarthy.
0: Could be a new song, can it? Dinny, dinny, can you win the tournament? Dinny, dinny. Oh, I can feel a song if he wins. Right. Third pick, Aaron Rye, the two-glove man of consistency. <laughs> Keeps the ball in play very well and has shown up a few times this year, showing he can mix it up in these non-elevated events on the PGA Tour. He's 60-1. to 1. That's 30-1 to 1 for each glove. Aaron Rye, my third pick. Oh, excellent. Right. Okay. My fourth and final pick this. I am going with four. I told you
1: earlier on I'm going with three, but I've snuck another one in. Willie, he, won't he, will it win? It's Danny Willett. And listen. Danny Willett, right, I like, there was a lot to like about the Genesis last week, certainly in the first two rounds. He had a bit of a slow weekend, but still, I think 70-71 is how he finished. But he was second to Max Homer in the Fortinet earlier on in this current season, obviously back in 2022. But he's still playing a good game, and he's a really decent price, Danny Willett. So I'm going a little bit with... Heart in terms, of, I think he's coming back in some form. Sixty-six to one, Danny Willett outright, or fifty-five to one without him and Lowry, and that's probably
0: where I'm going to play. I still like fifty-five to one. Well, it an exciting time for Danny Willett coming up, knowing that he's you know going back. He's going to be in the Champions Former Dinner Masters or Augusta and what have you. So it's probably an exciting time for him. So I can can see where you're coming from that. I just don't think he's been playing that great of golf of late. But, hey, we shall see. Talking of golfers who have been playing golf well lately is the Ryder Cup captain, Donald. The Ryder Cup captaincy, for me, seems to have ignited the old fire for this former world number one. Five top 15s here, including a runner-up, is enough evidence to suggest, like I said, this former world number one could get in amongst them he's 135 to 1 he's playing and we've seen with Podrick Harrington these older lads they can compete and in a tournament like this there's no reason why Luke can't go and do it 135 to 1 my fourth and final pick for big price. the Honda
1: yeah big yeah. price with Donald's I mean he tends to start the tournament well and then fade over the weekend and you know that's probably maybe a little bit of Age and maybe it's the fact that you know he's he has got a competitive edge still, but it's a big price. Yeah, Luke Donald. All right, where's your trousers? Okay, that finishes off our picks for the Honda. So just to confirm, you again, sounded
0: like Andrew Coltart then, and I did not like that one bit. <laughs> what Jesus <laughs> Yeah, anyway, it. I'm going with Lowry, Horshaw, McCarthy, and Willett, and you have gone with Donald, Aaron, Rye, Bazoudenou, and JT Poston. Excellent. Right, where are we going next, bro? Let's go to India for the Indian Open. Uh, Do you know what? Back in India for this tournament after a long COVID enforced break and back to DLF Golf and Country Club, three year break. Can you tell us anything about this course? Which (laughs) Pepperell, this makes me laugh. It's like it's a Gary Player designed golf course. And Pepperell has said that this course was designed by Satan. (laughs) <laughs> so there you go. Breaking news. Eddie Pepperell has just called Gary Player, not his son, Gary Player, Satan. Excellent.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a Gary Player design, as you say, 2015. It's a course that plays just a little bit under, or will play under, seven thousand four hundred yards for this setup, but can be stretched as well because they can move the t positions. So I think it can go up to around about six thousand, uh, seven thousand six hundred. But it's a par seventy-two traditional setup with your four par fives and your four par threes. Um, It's in and around the Aravali Hills. It is a brute of a course. As you say, Pepperell's called the designer of this course, Satan, because it is difficult. If you look at the winners at this course, going back to the 2017 to 2019 stretch on the DP World Tour, the winners were 9-under to 11-under. So again, I don't think we're going to see a massive birdie fest unless they've made it so much easier for these players, but I doubt it. We have significant undulating features in this course in in terms of the layout, Uh, absolutely stunning bunker arrangements with large greens and the fairways and narrow. So you are absolutely going to need accuracy in abundance this week. And I really do think solid putting is going to play a key factor in the outcome of this tournament this week. So there's a few facts about the course and a little few uh, features about the course that help shape the picks this week. Anything to add to it, bro?
0: Well, I'm just going with a few lads that have played well here in the past and looking at it, players who have got some potential. You know, Valderrama has figured heavily heavily in my um My planning for these picks because you know it's a tough course, Mm. and there are not many tougher courses out there than Valderrama, although Ategi made it look silly um last year. But right, let's get into it, let's get into the picks, let's see if this um Satan design course can be tamed by one of our lads. I will go first. My first one is Campillo, Spanishman, consistent here in nine and 2019. And look for him to build some momentum and showed signs of consistency in Thailand last week without setting the world alight. But he's strong. Like I said, he's played well here. He's 35 to 1, first pick.
1: Right. Why don't you give us all of your picks to go? Come on, let's switch OK,
0: it well, uh, do you know what? I still laugh at myself when I wrote this pick down. Um, Stephen Gallagher, <laughs> he won here in 2019. It's, oh, what an obvious pick. But he's found opportunities few and far between of late but he plays a challenging course. Well, as we saw of Valderrama and obviously here. So why not? Right. He can roll back the years and be revived by a return to new Delhi. And so why not? He's under to one and I'm going to give him a shot. Cool. My third pick is Angel Hidalgo. It seems to be a Spanish theme here. Fourth at Valderrama. Poor in Thailand last week, but at Raz al and in the desert classic, he was playing some fantastic golf, finds plenty of greens, and his good value at 75 to 1. Now my next pick. And I've been looking on socials lately. And it seems to be a lot of people are going for this lad. And I'm a bit disappointed. I thought I picked him out myself. But young Jaden Schaper. Sometimes superstardom needs nurturing. And there's no exception when it comes to Jaden. He's been on my radar for a while now. But his performance last week with very few mistakes made me smile. He finds plenty of fairways perfect for here. And he has an array of shots to fit this test. The 21-year-old is 50-1 to 1 and is destined to be the next Louis, Ernie or even Burmy. Excellent. Excellent, Jaden
1: Shaper. Yeah, Hidalgo actually, interesting, was on my short list but didn't make the final cut. So interesting to see you go with him. Okay, There are four plays. Let's move along the train, shall we? My four plays, This three plays actually this week. I've not gone with four in India. Um, pretty much because I ditched SSP Chaurasia last minute. He's 110 to one. I really wanted to pick him, 44-year-old Indian, but I just couldn't. I just, you know, his best global finish was back into 2021 when he was tied 15th at the Austrian Open. So I can't go with him. Just want to say that. But my three plays this week are Miliotzi. I think, you know, he definitely loves a tough course. And I think he's going to be wanting to push along to try and get himself into that Ryder Cup thinking... Obviously with it being in Rome. He's thirty-five to one. Miliotti is my first play. My second play is a guy I think is really trending in the right direction and isn't that far off a win, in my personal opinion. It's another thirty five to one shot and it's Kawamura. Um I like
0: the way he's heading. And my third and final play. Sorry, he's he's played well here, Kawamura, before. I think in twenty nineteen he had a he had a good week.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, he's shown a liking for the course without a shadow of doubt. Um, but yeah, he's my second play. Anyway, my third and final play, I had to go with an Indian in India. When in India, why not? But it's Gaganjeet Bhullar, And he's 100 to 1. Now, let me just tell you, his best ever world ranking position was 85th. So again, he's not someone who sets the world alight. He is a 34-year-old golfer. He's currently... 318th in the world rankings so why pick him I hear you ask well he's 100 to 1 I wanted a bit of a bigger price but he did win the Indonesian Open last year in 2022 and he's also won the Tata Steel Tour Championships back in India in 2021 so he's you know he's he has got a bit of a winning pedigree Belize is 318th in the world I think but he also had a tied second in the Qatar Masters in 2021 and many people will know that the Qatar Commercial Bank Masters is a tough course to play especially if there's a bit of wind but regardless we're looking at players that can play tough courses and given that he's an Indian on home soil it just seemed a little bit enticing so it's Gaganjeet Bular for me to go with Kalmora and
0: Miliotzi, three plays Gaganjit Bula on a side of Pilo Rice, please. Hey, best of luck with those picks, but let's just go back and have a look at the picks. Campillo for me, Stephen Gallagher, Angel Hidalgo, and Jaden Scaper. And for you, Miliotzi, Kalamora, and Gaganjit Bula. Right. We're not going to do outrights for the live Mayakoba because a lot of the players haven't been playing a lot of golf, and it really doesn't make any sense to go and pick a winner of the single tournament. But we're gonna give our pick for the team events. Now, I'm gonna go first, bro. We know Maya Coba very well. I'm surprised Hovland hasn't just signed up for one event so he can go and win it and get his four million dollars. But I my my team pick, right, and I'm based on the fact that the players that have played well at Maya Cobra previously, and you like one of these players. You like Chikara. It's the Fireballs. I think the Fireballs are going to win, live. Maya Cobra, so they're my team pick the it fireballs. is the
1: most obvious pick given that they are nine to two favorites in the team event to win and and I'm with you on that one I think the fireballs are favorites for a reason I mean obviously they're very closely followed by the four aces why wouldn't you be I'm not entirely sure they could feature this week but they'll probably go and win it now but I think it's going to be between the fireballs and talk if I'm honest, I think there's that South American theme. Mm. Um, I, I actually don't think the Stingers will be that far behind them. I, I, so I think they're the three Do you know sides what? I think the me.
0: Stingers are solid. You yeah. Know, Oost and Schwartz, they find a lot of fairways. We know Burmese strikes it so well. And Grace, well, when he's on fire, he's on fire. Um, I, yeah. What price? Do you know what the price is for the Stingers? The Stingers are eight to one. See there you go. It's a bit of value each way value um, there, but yeah, fireballs for me. You're saying fireballs and talk stingers with an outside bet. I would like to see Cleeks play well. I think Viceberg is a great addition to the Cleeks team. Um, they're thirty
1: three to one. I mean, it's interesting you look at some of these prices. You know, fireballs are nine to two favorites, and you know, answers obviously won recently on the Asian tour as he did. Um, the rest of them, what what have they done? You know, not a lot really, although. You know, Carlos Ortiz does have a real good record here at Mayacoba. But you know, Cleeks 33 to one, Ironheads 40 to 1. No bloody chance. Probably going to win it now. High <laughs> Flyers, led by the majestic Mickelson, 40 to 1. You know, I just don't think they can they can feature at all. So I, I think we are looking at some of those front runners in the team market for sure. But I know you said we weren't going to pick um single players, and but I do think Cam Smith will be gunning, you know, obviously he can't get world ranking points this week, but I, I do think he'll want to make a statement. And he's an enticing price at 10 to 1 for me to win this outright. I think it's a course he can turn turn up at and absolutely shred Well, bro,
0: that's, that's interesting. 10 to 1 for this. If he was playing the Honda Classic this week, what price do you think he would be? Cam Smith, he'd probably be about 4 to 1. Exactly. So, therefore, 10 to 1 for this tournament and a field of 48 makes a load of sense.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I do like the 10 to 1 about Cam Smith. I think it's very enticing. I like the 33 to 1 about Carlos Ortiz, given that he's got a record here. But I like the 22 to 1 for Carlos Ortiz without DJ Smith and Neiman. I think it's, you know, he finishes fourth outright. You get a 22 to 1. But let me just give you one more. Pat Perez. Pat Perez has got a really good record at Mayakoba. He's 175 to 1. I'm not saying he's going to go and win it. I'm yeah. not. But he's 125 to 1 without those three players, DJ Smith and Neiman. So, you know, again, could Pat Perez finish fourth? And for someone who, you know, he's had a tied sixth and a tied eighth in 2019 and 2020 here with all of those eight rounds, sub-70s, he can play this course. It's just whether he's going to have that. Is he still got that Christmas hangover? You know, from all that money that he won last year. No, bro. I think I think it's it? just
0: a hangover. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. if he can stay off the tequila, we might he
1: might have yeah, a chance of that exactly. prize. But... So yeah. So there is a few sing you know singly looking at it, but I'm with you on the fireballs for the team event, and I
0: yeah can't wait for the to start. I think it's been going to be brilliant. And I got a bit of abuse again on. Twitter today because I turn around and say, this is a stronger event than the Honda Classic and it's proven the amount of players in the top hundred at my Cobra is greater only just by the top hundred players at the Honda Classic yes I know the Honda Classic is a larger field but for me that just if that's the sense you're turning around every single limited event cannot be as strong as a full event so the, the Masters and all these um, limited field no, this event is stronger, in my opinion, with the golfers that they've got on there. Yes, they haven't signed, can't they, Chauvel, or, or anybody, right? Basically, but they have strengthened, regardless of what you think about Liv. They have certainly strengthened in the second season. Not as much as they would like, probably, but they have strengthened. And the likes of Pereira coming in, Burme coming in. There are some great names, and I'm looking forward. I like Maya Coba. And I don't mind watching live and I can't wait to, to see it get started. Right. Bro, this has been a hell, you know, this is Tuesday nights, and we've got a massive game of football Huge to get game. ready and watch. Liverpool versus Real Madrid in the Champions League knockout stages. But to round up this fantastic episode, really enjoyed it. We're going to look forward to next week. We're going to be in Puerto Rico, Rio Grande on the PGA tour and then on the DP world tour, we are heading to Kenya. We're heading for the magical Kenyan open at Mutaiga golf course, which if I remember rightly is, there's quite a lot of birdies on offer over in that neck of the woods. So that should be an interesting tournament, but unless you've got anything else to add, bro. No, it's been absolutely brilliant. Really enjoyed it. And we are going to have so much to talk about next week. Love it. So from myself, it's goodbye. Have a great week. And for me, it's goodbye too. Take care, bet sensibly. Uh, This this really is beyond a joke now. He's he's got gaga because this uh, this is quite... I've never seen anything like it before and to attempt to hit the ball out of there is pure madness.